We're back to the Neil Haley show. And it's interesting. I love this setup. It's funny. I always kind of critique Zoom setups and different setups. I'm like, man, this is pretty awesome. And I'm, his studio is awesome. So I'm excited to welcome the program author, Mike Papantonio, author of Inhuman Trafficking. How are you, Mike? Thanks for stopping. Doing by. well, Neil. Thank you. Oh, let's talk about your background because you're going to educate me more about who you are before we get right into the book. So go ahead and tell me a bit about Yeah, well, I've been, an, I've been an attorney for about 40 years, and the specialty has been in areas like human trafficking. Matter of fact, we launched uh, the tobacco litigation nationally. I don't know if you remember that, but that, that started right here in my law firm. And we launched the opioid litigation that's going on right now, right here from this law firm, and probably about 50 of the largest pharmaceutical cases in the country originated right here. It's just everybody has their specialty, Neil. Ours is, we, oh, we don't do auto, you know, auto and comp and that type of thing. We, we choose to do cases that we think have a, have a significant social impact and it's worked for us. The law firm's 67 years old and we've done that for a very long time. A lot of times right underneath the radar, uh, but it, somebody has to do these cases like human trafficking. You're talking about a $42 billion industry. And right. so we could choose to do nothing or we could use our skill set to come in and try to make it better. See, I think that's fantastic. And then deciding to write a book, Mike, that's interesting. But before I get to that, I'm just very intrigued by, you know, there's a lot of lawyers out there and own law firms and different things, and they don't decide to do media. They don't decide to be experts. What made you want to differentiate yourself in that way from the beginning? To well, there, there's stories and stuff. Yeah, yeah there, there's something that happens with lawyers right out of law school and they they get drawn into doing the same thing the same way that the generation did before them. Fortunately, when I started practicing law, um, I, I practiced under a, a man by the name of Fred Levin, who for many, many years was known as, uh, you know, he was the premier trial lawyer in this country. And I think his goal kind of set in with me. And it was to say that, you know, you can do, you can do really well, by doing, by doing good. I mean, you can, you can take that, that license that you have and you can take some risks and you can, you know, put yourself out there and you can, rather than handling one auto case, you're handling tens of thousands of people who have been affected by a, a bad, uh, a bad uh, pharmaceutical or a company that's come in and completely devastated an entire ecosystem. So you make those choices early on as a lawyer. And I came out of prosecuting and moved into that type of law. That's all I've ever known. I, I haven't, I, I, that's all the only kind of law I've done. And so it's the, it, it's hopefully uh, more law firms will understand that. Right now, there's probably, I'd say, That's where these books come from, Neil. The, the last book that I, the last book I did before in human trafficking was uh, called, uh, well, called Law and Addiction. And the one before that was called uh, Law and Vengeance. And those were based on big cases that this firm handled. And we simply, I, I've simply reduced it into a fiction novel that's, that I hope is entertaining. But at the same time, I hope they come away from that novel understanding more about that topic. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing when you say more about that topic. And that's something that's it's horrible what's happening. And so making yourself before we talk about the book, making yourself really your law firm to help in these cases. Is this is this something it's a mission of yours because of how awful this the certain circumstances. Yeah, it, it's we, we filed the first big case, the first uh, tr human trafficking case in the country up in Ohio. 
in order to bring in order to bring closure to something like this, Neil, uh, you have to have a central you have to have a central place to pick your fight. And that's typically that's typically regarded as it's called a multi-district litigation center. And that's where these cases start. And rather than having cases individually filed all over the country, you try to find that centralized place where you can take all the dispositive discovery. You can take the depositions. You can torment the sociopaths who are involved in something like this in litigation. And you never there's never a, a, a finality to that. If I succeed in this trying to do what I what I'm trying to do here, it, it's going to go on another generation. And then the next generation has to pick up and they have to say, well, let, let's see if we can make it better. Let's see if we can improve on what the, the you know, Levin Papantonio did in this case. That's always been my thought. And I know it sounds Pollyannic, but it's not. It's genuine. Uh, every day I wake up and I think, well, this is an exciting day that I'm having. I'm not waking up saying I'm going to do a workers' compensation case or a automobile case or a divorce case. These are cases that you get excited about doing and it keeps you interested in practicing law. All right. So let's kind of jump into this, Mike, the book. You said you wrote another book before and then you said this is this one. What makes you excited about this? Uh, well, I think here, here's what gets me excited. I think this is a topic that's been ignored for way too yes, long. Way too long. Uh, uh, I think what most people don't understand is what we would refer to as corporate media. Uh, you know, the ABCs, NBCs, CBSs, they've become dysfunctional. They really have. I mean, I've been in the media business most of my adult life in some form or fashion. And what's happened is we don't, um, you know, when I first started practicing law, before I start, started practicing law, actually, there were there were almost 60 individual independent organizations that delivered the media in America. Right. Now it's down to three. OK, so those three drive those three drive the entire narrative. If they don't get it, if they don't pay attention to it, nobody pays attention to it because we're so set on taking our marching orders from what, you know, Rachel Maddow says on MSNBC or so and so says on ABC, whatever it is. That's that's to us what the news is. And that system is totally, utterly dysfunctional. And the only way that we can get around that is to do things like this, to write a book and say, hopefully you entertain somebody and they come away and they understand stuff that they're never going to find in the media. Yeah. These are cases that we handle. We're, we're, in the, we're in the inside of what's taking place. We're going to court. We're walking away from court and I'm writing a chapter about what happened and, and spinning it into that fiction story. So everything in that book is accurate. I mean, it's it really happened. It's not. I mean, when I talk about the girls that were trafficked from the Ukraine, um, it happened, what, 60 miles down the road from us. When I talk about the trucking case that is is part of that book where where girls are trucked from L.A. all the way across the United States to the eastern seaboard and they're put in the back of 18 wheelers with individual bedrooms and they pull into a truck stop and the, the message goes out. You can have sex with a 14 year old girl if you come down to the truck. stop. Those are real cases. But have you ever heard of it? Most people have never heard of this. Yeah. Unless and they so, unless they found out about it and then talked about it, but it's not in the news. It's not it's no, not, not something they want to cover in the news and because there's no finality to it. The news wants something or something that's controversial that's going to have people both engage on both sides. When it's something like this that everyone wants to end human trafficking, it's something like everyone wants to end cancer, but they're not gonna have cancer coverage all day long. 
So there's- you have a better chance of understanding what Kim Kardashian won to a war to a celebrity function than you do getting from the media anything about what we're talking about right here, because it simply has become a business. They've done away with all their investigative journalists. I mean, you have yeah. a handful of them out there. And, uh, you know, the Matt Taibis and the Green and the Glenn Greenwalds and those folks, they're a minority nowadays. They're not a majority. And so, um, unfortunately, these stories are rarely told. Right. And so, again, this is fictional that you're basically telling stories, but with different names and making and making it an entertaining book. Correct. Is that? Yeah, that's always been my goal. The first uh, book I wrote was Lawn Disorder. And that was uh, in there. I talked about the HIV case that we handled where um, where uh, corporate corporations had created a, a, a pharmaceutical that was supposed to help stop bleeding for hemophiliacs. They knew that it was infected with HIV virus mm-hmm. and sold it anyway until we caught them. They pulled it off the market in the United States and then they sold it all over Europe and South America. Nobody went to prison, you see. We, we, don't, we don't regard them as criminals, Neil. They don't look like criminals and we don't regard them as criminals anymore. We have a, we have a justice department that unless it's low hanging fruit, would never go after the people, for example, who are responsible for the opioid catastrophe in this country because they don't look like criminals. You see, we'd rather we'd rather uh, we'd rather arrest some kid on the street corner with a hoodie on who's selling three ounces of marijuana. Oh, gosh. And that's where the, the problem is that people can get away with things. And it's, it's a terrible thing and or get no time at all like that rape case that we heard about that guy, that kid, that, that guy, that yeah. four girls and got no no, great, great example, isn't it? Yeah, yeah great example. Tremendous example of it. And it's just, it's not fair, but that's why you're out there fighting for us, right? Yeah, I'm getting, exactly. doing my best. I'm getting exactly. my best shot. Man. And so the entertainment value of the book and keeping people on the edge of their seat while still providing people so they could think about really this human trafficking is happening. It's not an international problem. It's a world, it's, it's a U.S. problem and it comes all over the place. And unless they stop people, who are the people involved mostly? doing that. Well, one case that we're working on right now, for example, I can't give you the names, but I can give you the situation. There's a there's an organization in Canada who is like the central hub for all child pornography throughout the United States and, and Europe. They are not just child porn, but every every iteration of, of porn. They have a they have a Rolodex, Neil. They know who the traffickers are all okay. over the country. So what they're able to do is call some perv in you know la and say we need films of some of your girls in a hotel room being raped it's best if they're crying it's best if they're 14 year old it's best if they're under under distress could you do that for us so they they go to a chain hotel they rent a suite for two weeks they bring in cameras and lights and girls and they do that and then they send it to that organization in canada now here's where it really gets interesting that organization in Canada is being financed by Wall Street. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. there again, you probably never seen the story. The only, pla- the only place that story was even picked up was in Europe. Uh, the U.S. You media, get, you, get, you bunch can't of get adults. It picked up by all this different now because things have changed. That well, I don't know. Media, I, the power. Neil, yeah, go ahead. Neil, I'm hopeful. That's all I can tell you is I'm hopeful. And I can't stress to you enough, we have a dysfunctional media delivery system in this country. Right. And it, to, to find to find out this, 
I huh? think that, I think that the traditional media is dead. That you're going to have to use social media and influence. What you're doing right here. Exactly. What you're doing right here. Exactly. But even to the point of social media, getting these things to go viral, what would be sad if YouTube would silent this, silence this? Wouldn't it be sad? Oh, if you know, like the, can, like no. do you know what my uh, one of my producers just walked in ten minutes ago and said that one of the interviews that I did for PBS on human trafficking, that social media might not show it because we use the term human trafficking. What? So what, yeah. what, what's the, is there a politically correct way? It's, 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 it's all part of, you know, what I call the snowflake cancel culture that we think is good for us. It's killing us. So what are they calling it's, it instead of, instead of human? Well, I don't know. I, I haven't figured that out. I want to, I we need to have another conversation <laughs> offline again and see how we can. I, do some I haven't even, I haven't even figured out what passes the smell test for these buffoons that are running you know, and metering the, uh, at the, uh, YouTube or Twitter or whatever. It's, it's like you have a bunch of morons at, you know, at the controls. How would you not tell this story? Right. How would you say, so, no, so maybe it's celebrities, there, there's celebrities out there helping in that process. Dean Kane, I've had on my show talking about it. He well, really, is a, he's a really big proponent of ending it, human trafficking. And there was another guy that got in trouble, but he does it. He's a great foundation involved. In it. And I can't think of his name. I interviewed as well. That's big on that process, but there's not enough out there. I got educated by talking to them, but I knew certain things, but this is ridiculous. And, and you're the one person trying out there, but that story you just told me, is that available? I know we were supposed to know the story that I just, the only place you're going to find that story is in the lawsuits that we filed. Oh, till it gets through, you'll never yeah. see that story. Listen, Neil, what, how, how much did you really know about the opioid crisis until no. we filed that lawsuit? No, did no. you know that there were CEOs making decisions, understanding that 150 people were dying every day from drug overdoses and that their salespeople were sending them emails saying, we have a catastrophe in the area that I'm working. We're, we're having 10 deaths a day. No, because they're dying. I did, I did not know that. Of course so, not. No. I mean, we knew op opioids were addictive. There were doctors out there telling it kind of like the COVID, COVID thing, which I'm not going to get into in this conversation, but there are alternatives to the, the mem memorandums out there involving COVID. Maybe at one point in time, you'll be litigating that once <laughs> this whole thing goes through. I'm telling well, you, you know, Bobby Kennedy, who used to, Bobby Kennedy and I used to do a, lo a show together, um, called ring of fire he's i think he's got a book coming out i love to interview bobby kennedy so yeah I, well I you know. ought to i think my guy can set i think one of our folks can set that up for you but he, he's you know he's he's asking questions about the whole god forbid we should ask questions right but see the, but see they call that conspiracy when they see people like bobby kennedy but come on now what is conspiracy <laughs> what is truth because people with power as you know as a lawyer can control the whole uh, narrative. The more money you have, the more you can get away with things. It's called the golden rule. The person with gold makes all the rules. Look, right, this, so, this, so give us the storyline quick of the book. I love this conversation. That well, the book, the book starts off with what, as I said, happened. look, here, there's a there's an entire industry. This is where the book starts out. They send folks to uh, Ukraine, maybe. They interview folks at Ukraine. They say, how would you like to be part of the service industry? We can get you an H2B. Come over to the United States. You'll be an H2B worker, and we're going to start you in the in the in that business. So the book 
begins with that story. It begins with the girl who's brought over here believing that she's going to be in the service industry. She starts off for two weeks at a restaurant. Then she's moved to a strip club. And then she's a greeter at the strip club. They say, to, this is called the step up, Neil. This is called the step up. They tell him, well, how would you, you can make more money if you'll, rather than be a greeter, dance, if you'll dance on the pole. And then, oh yes, you can make more money if you'll come off the pole and meet Tom out here in the audience. And once she meets Tom, it's all over. We never see them again. Oh my Their God. life in trafficking is maybe five years. They'll live five years till they die of overdoses, till they die of sexually transmitted disease or suicide or homicide. So that's just part of the story. We, we know that that's, that happened down the road from us. Okay. Now, it, <laughs> north of us is the trucking business and the trucking business that I just described to you is going on as we speak because these big trucking stops, they love to bring in business. Uh, you know, the, if they can bring truckers in there, they sell fuel, they sell food, they sell uh, rooms. I mean, it's all about money, Neil. It's all about, it's not some cat out on a street corner who has two girls working for him. No. That's the most misunderstood issue about trafficking ever and then the and the mafia is involved meaning like the russian mafia and stuff like that are involved a lot in that there was a movie on i think netflix that i watched before or amazon but also i'm thinking of these stories and what you you brought up about other instances about the human trafficking problem and process but it's just not out there and they've done shows on this too right mm. exactly i think that they highlighted that in a, in, a, in a TV program, but it doesn't matter as long as the mainstream media, they're thinking this is not real when it's real. And that's what you're trying to get your book to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I, look, the, the, there's so many parts to this. What, what do you think? Look, I used to do, I, I was used to appear on uh, MSNBC with a fellow named Ed Schultz. You remember Ed Schultz? Yes. Big How guy. did you get along in MSNBC? Because I think at times you could have been butting heads. Oh, that's what I'm about to tell you. Every time I'd want to tell a story about one of their advertisers, I'd be in the short count, 10, 9, 8, 7. Pap, we got to go to another story now. And they'd throw out something like constitutional law because I was getting ready to talk about one of their advertisers, Bear Corporation or Merck Corporation, and how it was killing people, how people were dying because of their products. So they would stop the segment. And the story would never be told because oh, no. Merck or Bear was paying them $10 million a year to advertise. That's what you have with corporate media right now. That's where you are. I do a show of all places on Russian television. RT America is where I do a show called America's Lawyer. Why do I do that? Because nobody tells me what I can or can't say. No, but even when I did stories about Putin and, and, uh, and, and, and his, his, involve, his involvement in Ukraine, Nobody said you can't do that story. Really? So Russian is not is not. No, it's the most mis it's the most misunderstood issue. Look, turn on MSNBC and you would think the Russians are getting ready to invade any moment. Listen so to Rachel so, Maddow, so, so, so who, by the way. Who, huh? So China huh? and Russia, that's not true in your pay take that China's oh, come on, man. Are you kidding me? It's all about we're getting way off topic. Yeah, I love the, it. The, 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 I'll the have answer, to back on and talk again and come on. Okay, so the, let's go back to the book. I, see, yeah. I, I like this. Okay, so the, basically I was saying you're talking about different ways, the truck stops, different places for human trafficking, a way to strip clubs use it in a way to, to attract and then move them out into something else. Yeah, this process. Sure. 
And what about the adult industry? How much human trafficking is happening in the adult industry as well? You know, here's where people misunderstand. They, they roll all pornography into this. Now, there are plenty of women who are trafficked that say it's a big part of it. It probably is, but it's not nearly as big as all of the nuanced things that I'm talking to you about, like a, a hotel chain that knows that they're the place to go for, you know, for any organization that wants to do films in their, uh, you know, in their hotel or go to Vegas, for God's sakes. They've got entire floors in some of these uh in some of these hotels where they have women up there for the folks they call whales, whales, somebody that comes in there and loses a million dollars gambling and they have girls available for them. There's all types of iterations. Um, you know, I get the porn industry. Yeah, I guess it's a part of it, but it's not nearly the part that everybody thinks it is. For example, the, the example I gave you of the trafficker who takes the girls, his, his, his trafficked girls to a hotel room and, and shoots these films of whatever, you know, these folks in Canada want. They're the central distribution, right. right? Okay. A woman who makes the choice to do that, she says, this is what I do for a living. Okay. I wanted, I choose to do this for a living because I make good money. Well, she may have, she may get paid $600 for sending that up to be used. She does that by choice. These traffickers have these girls that, you know, they don't get anything from that. No. Other than their life's in total abyss. But so, so the porn industry, they choose to do that right. most of the time. Now, is there, is there a, a place where the two come together? Absolutely. There is. But is that the major part of the problem? No. The answer is no, I don't think it is. So find it out. So people will be entertained, but also based on the characters and what you've done, but also really know, oh my gosh, this is really happening. And that's your hope, your goal, right? I hope so. I hope somebody says there's look, it's it's the old thing that you've heard all your life. It's that, you know, evil only and wrong, it only it only exists because good people choose to do nothing. Everybody can do something. And so sometimes it's difficult to do something. It's, it's contrary to what your schedule is of the day or what your, you know, what your goal is for that year or whatever it may be. It's contrary to your lifestyle. Everybody can do something. Right. And so um, that's, you know, a friend of mine. Um, well, let me just tell you this. The, the, civil rights, the civil rights issue, for example. Right. We think that there was only one thing or maybe two things that brought all of that to culmination. You know, we think that, okay, it was Rosa Parks or it was some folks that wanted to sit at a, a, a cafeteria and they were told they had to leave. It, that's not how it works. It's everything. It's, it's the protests, the articles that are written in newspapers. It's the stories that are told on TV. It's all of these things that converge. And when they converge, you have this major leap. You have a social change that takes place in a major leap. There's nothing too minor, Neil. Yes. There's nothing too minor to affect change. All right. Best place we can purchase the book and learn more about you. Where can we go? Well, you can go any bookstore, uh, you know, Amazon's carrying it. You can go, it's going to be in most bookstores. It's uh, it's Skyhorse, which is part of Simon Schuster. And so they distribute most everywhere. And we appreciate it. And best place, do you have your own podcast and stuff? You say uh, I have a show called America's Lawyer, but I don't pitch it there. It might, you could go to MikePapantonio.com and you could learn everything you want to learn about the book. All right. Well, we appreciate it. And thanks. Neil, for thanks a lot, up. man. It was fun. We, we need, let's do this again and talk about 
issues maybe even broader hey, hey this, shoot, okay? shoot shoot me a message i have your I, your assistant i think called me so we'll kind of keep that going and keep this relationship going okay all right brother take care all right take care. All right, take care. Yep. okay bye-bye. bye-bye you're listening to neil haley show and watching neil haley show and we'll be back in just a moment